0: to the Sports Comedy Show. My name is Paul Salerno, and I'm the creator and host of the show. This is another edition of Talk Radio, and today's theme is The Lake Show Part 2. Today is Wednesday, October 7th, and after sports recap, I'll be talking about Laker basketball. But before we get started, have you been to the website yet? sportscomedyshow.net is up and running. Check out the Major League Baseball page as I have series review from all the first-round series done in a comical fashion. Plus, the NFL page has funny football briefs that are just downright funny. And finally, the blog page has been heating up. So check out all the new stories and things I put out there on the blog and, and, and everybody's response to them. Plus, the next feature story, Operation It Was Only a Kiss, will be out later today. And this one's an absolute must. Okay, let's get started with sports recap and see what's going on. Well, the French Open is heating up, and we're coming down to the quarterfinals. So, let's run through a little tennis and uh, see what we got here. Women's, on the women's side... A lot of the big names have um, either lost or simply didn't play. Um, And we don't have that many big names left going down to the Final Four. Some of the big names that had an early exit were Simona Halep, Serena Williams, who's pulled out for the whole year. Maguzuruza even had a loss. So, uh, Kiki Burtons, there's another big name that went down the wayside. So the four standing in the semis for the women there is one big name left, and she's one of my favorites, and that is Sofia Kennan. Um, she's going to go up against Pit, uh, Petra Kvitova. That's not going to be easy, because Petra's pretty good. And then they also have, we have Switak and Potoroca, and Switak is a 19-year-old sensation who's been playing incredible tennis and took out some of the big names. She very well could be uh, on her way to her first finals, so... It'll be fun to watch. I may have mentioned on a previous cast um, podcast or two. Uh, I probably I recall in the last major, the last two tournaments, I um, I took Sophia Ken as my pick to win, and she had early exits in both of those. So I did not pick her in this tournament because I thought her playing was subpar. And look what she does. She's been phenomenal, and now she's coming back to see if she can claim. The French Open. thing that I like about Sofia is she changed her outfit, and maybe that's what it was. And sometimes in sports, you just got to change your look. You know, she is sponsored by Fila. She went back to the Fila base, and they threw her in some nice orange and white to match the clay. And Sofia's got a new look, and uh, it's been working. So she's on a roll. Let's uh, see if Sofia can keep it going. But again, she's got a tough one against Petra Kvitova. Petra, Petra. The last time she was in the final, I think it was 2014. If my memory serves me correctly, she's she's an incredible player. She's playing good tennis. Do not discount her. I can't wait to watch that match. On the men's side, well, some we're gonna there's gonna be some rematches coming up here. They're coming down to the quarterfinals, and it looks like the Joker's gonna get his rematch against Karina Busto. Now, if you recall, the last time they were playing, um, that's when the Joker accidentally hit the line judge in the face with the ball. You know, the over the back, over the shoulder, nonchalantly hit the ball right in the face. Nothing but net type of shot from the Joker, and he got disqualified. Well, now he can go back and uh, can he can have another shot at Carino Busto and see if he can take him down. So he's going to get his rematch there. So we're excited to see that. One that's going on right now as we speak is uh, Rublev and Sistapas. Sistapas has been making a good run here in the uh, French Open. So this will be exciting to see who wins between these two. Um, These are some of the bigger names. Uh, Sistapas may have sat out a few bigger tournaments earlier because of the COVID, but he's back and he's playing and um, it's always fun to watch him. Then the other big rematch, yes, we have one coming up either today or tomorrow, is we got Diego Schwartzman and Rafael Nadal. If you recall, it was Schwartzman who took down Nadal in the Italian Open and made Rafa have to realize, you know, he may be the king of clay, but he doesn't win every match. So Rafa gets his chance at redemption against Diego Schwartzman. And uh, we're we're coming down to the uh, quarterfinals or the semifinals. Um, Excitement is is starting to heat up there in Roland Garros and French Tennis. Okay, let's turn our head to baseball. Yes, the baseball playoffs are here. Remember how much I said I wanted to see pennant uh, fever before the playoffs started? It didn't happen, but it's happening now, and it's pennant fever. Um, let's look at yesterday and see what happened. The the big series that I think everybody's watching is Tampa Bay and the Yankees. Um, Tampa Bay does win yesterday, 7-5. Um, the series is now tied at one each. One of the big moments in yesterday's game was um, uh, Garcia Stanton hits a 458-foot home run. Did you guys see that? It was incredible. It was out of the field, out of the bleachers, up until the the eating deck um, there um, at the stadium. It was pretty much out of the stadium, and uh, nobody's hit a ball that far in ages. And uh, it it was incredible. And uh, to top it off, it turns out he had two home runs on the game, but that one was so dominating, um, you know, it makes one question, how can the ball go so far? But this guy's just got the strength. I mean, he's all upper body strength, and... And, uh, you know, it was only a matter of time before you heard from some of these big-name Yankees. Um, they reminded me of the Bombers of old, the Yanks Bombers, and uh, Stanton, he went two for four. Um, however, it wasn't a losing cause. Tampa Bay rounded up seven runs of their own. Joey Wendell went two for three and had an RBI. Austin Meadows, one for four with an RBI. So they spread it around. And um, that's what Tampa Bay is known for. Uh, it's going to be a interesting or an exciting series. I, I can see this one going the five. The Yankees just got an awful lot of wood. But the Tampa Bay Rays are just probably the most balanced team in the American League. And I would say baseball, but there, there is the Dodgers on the other side. So this is just excitement plus. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Hopefully you are too. And I'm just so glad to see baseball finally coming back to the forefront of the stage. Um, seeing how we had so many other sports going at the same time. And they were on the back burner of the stage. But it's pennant of fever. It is October. Um, and let, let's, let's see what else we got. Yesterday we had in the other American League series, we had the Astros take down the A's. 5-2. to two. Now the Astros have a two-game to lead. Uh, over the A's, and uh, they're, the A's are now on one game. They're on the brink of elimination. Can the Astros close them out today? That'll be interesting to watch. In yesterday's game, um, Springer uh, went two for four with two home runs. The spring, the spring man, is uh, starting to warm up. You now, keep in mind, Springer is the leadoff batter, and he's uh, notoriously known for starting the game off with a uh, with hitting home runs um but in game one springer was four for five so his hitting's coming around this is big for the astros because everybody's been so down on them all year claiming that they're cheaters and now that they don't know the signs they're not near as good their offense hasn't been that great for if springer to springer to come around it's going to be critical for the astros because once he gets on base once he starts things that, that offense opens up. So um, the Astro haters are certainly coming out. They don't want to see them win, but the Astros are winning. So it's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens as we go further. Also keep an eye, Carlos Correa, their shortstop. He had two home runs. Another big name um, when it comes to the offense. When you think of the Astros, the big names on the offense are Springer, Correa, Bregman, and then the, perhaps the best one of them all is Altuve. Now, interesting enough, Jose Altuve, and yes, the footnote is he is my favorite baseball player, has not come around on the offensive end. He's had a couple good key walks at the moment, and that's because he's probably the most disciplined hitter in baseball, which is one of the reasons why I love him. But his defense has been, has been awesome. And he's come up with the big defensive plays to keep them in there on the defensive side. However, for some, if the Astros want to get through the next round or, get, or make a serious run at the World Series or at the championship, he's going to need to come alive. And uh, he only batted 220-ish in the 60-game season. He's yet to play long ball in the uh, post-game season. And um, I'm just waiting for him to come alive. Because once he comes alive, then that team does big things. Let's take a look at the National League. Um, They finally got underway yesterday. And we see the Dodgers take down the Pods 5-1. As I looked over the stats, I saw the Pods, unfortunately, they had no choice but to empty their bullpen. Everybody in the bullpen started. Uh, Clevenger started, but he's still not healthy or coming off the injury list. He lasted one inning. You, You can't blame him for that. Um, this was a good game. It went to the sixth or the seventh inning um, with the Pods winning one nothing. But then the Dodgers do what they do. They come up with a bunch of runs at one shot. I Believe they came up with four runs in the seventh, and um, from there it was uh, it was clearly now it's the Dodgers game, and that's how how the Dodgers play. They uh, their defense or the, they still play the low scoring game, which keeps them into it. But when they score, they ignite. They score three, four, five runs at a shot, and then it changes the whole tone of the game because they may have been losing, but when, they, when they're when they losing, they're only down by one, two, or three at the most. They don't give up the, the big, big innings, and um, they're always within striking distance of changing things. That's been the key to the Dodgers' uh, success this season, and uh, last night was no uh, exception to that. Um, Justin Turner had a big RBI. Um, the other name who didn't have the greatest night, but he certainly has been incredible here um, in this season, and it's Mookie Betts. And, and to be honest, he's probably the best player at the plate in baseball, certainly in the National League. Well, probably the American League too. Um, so Mookie Betts has had a great series, or has had a great year. He's been big in the first round of playoffs. Keep an eye on him. You're probably going to see more of Mookie Betts. Um, as the series go down. For the pods, you know, I unfortunately the, the big names, Taddis Jr., and Machado, and even Grissom, who starts off, they were stifled, and the Dodgers realized that they're going to have to, you know, to stifle them some more. That's If you keep those guys off the base pass or you keep their bats down, the rest of the team kind of follows suit. But I would like to see or hear from them here, and maybe game two or three. And I think we will because they are just that good. So I, I like the Dodgers here, but um, I would like to see the Pods win a game or two, and I think that may happen. So as I'm looking at baseball, I'm looking at these series. One thing that I've noticed, which I don't like, and I'm going to speak up, is in this round of five games, it turns out they scheduled them and they scheduled everybody five games in a row. There is no game break. And I guess the reasoning or the story behind that is because, well, they're not traveling. They're playing in the bubble-like environment with the American League in San Diego, the National League in Texas. But playing five games in a row in the playoffs, and this ain't the first round. This is the division round. To play five straight, that's just a hard strain on any one team. And it's certainly a hard strain on any one pitching staff, let alone what a coach is doing to trying to juggle all this. Here's the part I don't get. What is the rush? We've got time. It's not like there's a schedule conflict. It's not like you've got to squeeze them in between here and there. Why can't they get a day or two break? To me, I I think that that was the wrong thing. I understand the overall tone. Let's get this over and done with before real problems happen due to COVID. I understand that scenario, but we are in the playoffs. Give these guys a break. You know, to go five games straight, I just think it is not necessary. But that's what they're doing. I haven't looked ahead or even seen to see what they're doing in the next round when they play seven games. They better give them at least one day off. You go seven games in a row, uh, you're going to hear more from me on that one. All right, so let's make some, some predictions here in this baseball. Um, this Tampa Bay Yanks series, hell of a series, going good. I think the Bronx Bombers are going to come out on top. As balanced as the um, the Rays are, um, the Yanks just got an awful lot of wood. And uh, I think they're headed to the next round. And that's because I think we're headed to an astro yankee showdown. Everybody wants to see the Astros fold and fall because they're cheaters. I don't see it that way. Um, they're already up two games to to none against the A's. They're obviously going to move move on, whether it's today or tomorrow. Um, I think the Astros and Yankees um, would be an incredible series. I'm, I'm 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 waiting to see it, and I would love to watch it. So that's my prediction there. And then on the other side, I'm going to predict Dodgers and the Marlins. Yes, the Fish. You got to love the Fish. They even lost Game One to the Braves, but the Fish just keep coming back. Have you ever gone fishing and you're just looking in there, you're looking for that fish? Where's the fish? And then when you least expect it, the fish pop up. And that's what happens with the Marlins. Um, They they took down, uh, I believe it was the Reds in the last round. They looked incredible. I I looked for, no, actually back that up. I believe the Braves took down the Reds in the the last round. Marlins took down the Cards, excuse me there. Um, They just kept coming back. And the Marlins got some, some good offense. They don't have any big money players, but they've got a good team. So I look for the Marlins to surprise the Braves, and I look for a Dodger Marlin showdown in the next round. Baseball, fantastic. Okay, let's move on, guys. Well, remember I said the theme of today's show is the Lake Show. part two. That's right. And now if you recall, the first time I did the Lake Show, it was... Um, when there were last series, or there might have been the series before, it was a week or two ago. And the reason I did it is because when I did that episode on the Lake Show, that's when it became clear to me, um, just before that, that the Lakers were a team of destiny. The Lakers are going to win the next championship. I saw this two, two rounds ago and realized, you know what, I'm getting the word out now. It's Laker basketball. The Lake Show is back. And so... Now as we're getting close to the end, I figured what a great time to, to follow up on that sh- uh, on that on that theme. So this is Lake Show Part D. Let's just take a few minutes and talk about those Lakers. So they did have um, game was it four or five last night? I lost track. they up three games more. So that was game four last night. Uh, Lakers beat the heat 102 uh, to 96. Good game. It was a close game. And that's what we want to see. We want to see some fun and excitement in the NBA. We don't want to see these 25-point foot, twenty-five point blowouts. Um, so, But this is why the Lakers are what they are. And this is why I realize they're a team of destiny. They win the close ones besides the blowouts as well. And that's what they did last night. Um, as I was looking at the scoring um, throughout the game, there was probably never more than a 10-point lead either way. And uh, the Heat even had a lead there. I'm going through this. It went back and forth. Lakers too strong at the end. 102.96. Adrian um, AD 22 points. I was almost going to say Adrian Dantley. Does anybody remember Adrian Dantley? God, I loved him. He was one of my favorite Lakers back in the day. Um, in this case, Antonio Davis. All the young kids going on. Hey, Dad, who's Adrian Dantley? Yeah. Okay. Antonio Davis, 22 points. The King, LeBron, 28. Now, this is why the Lakers are are a team of destiny. When you see a team of destiny, it's usually depth. And sure enough, you know, for Caldwell Pope to have 15 and Green to have 10, the other two people, the silent two people to start, to come up with 25 points in a 100-point game, that's big production. And that's what you saw last night out of the Lakers. It's a well-balanced offense. And that's why they're going to be your next champions. Meanwhile, for the Heat, um, Jimmy Butler had 22, and our new hero, Tyler Hero, 21. And bam, the man Adebayo is back. He put in 15, not bad production. Um, I think it's clear, forget about Igadaya. I was hoping he was going to come around as a six man. Um, that ain't going to happen, and who knows where we go from here with him and his contract. Um, straight south, unfortunately. But back on to point here. Um, Those were some big numbers from the big boys there on the Heat, um, but it just simply wasn't enough. And now the Lakers are one game away from the championship. They're starting to realize it now, what I realized two weeks ago, that uh, it's going to happen. The Lakers are your next champion, and um, the glory of the old blue and gold, that's what they used to be known at back, back in the old days. You know, back when they used to play in the fabulous form, it was showtime in the 80s, and then it went to slow time in the 90s. But let's relive those glory days when it was Magic, when it was Kareem, when it was James Worthy. Well, those names come to mind when you start to think of uh, Laker uh, Blue and Gold Glory because they're going to win another championship. It's been 10 years since they've won the last title. And those have been 10 painful years for the Lakers. They had more downs than up. It was clear that Kobe was coming to the end of his career, didn't have the help to get another one, but nonetheless, it still had to be played out. The ownership debacle. You know, we we lost Jerry Buss, who was going to run the team. Was it Genie Buss or was it the boys? They went back and forth and it wasn't just a one or two year thing. This went on for about five or six years. And it left everybody in L.A. going, what is going on with the greatest organization in basketball? Um, Well, it it was 10 long, painful years, but uh, it looks like those days are behind us. And the other story there that I'd like to mention, because we're on the Lake Show, was during during that time frame, uh, the Lakers had been known as a team that's going to pay the big bucks for the center, um, it's in and, and I do mean big bucks and when they do it that when they get the center Everything falls in place. They did that with Shaq that they, they had to, to pay pay the world to get him But he, he came over and he brought us was two or three championships in um, and, and once again, it was online. They did it again um, after Shaq when um, they brought Dwight Howard However, this time, things didn't go the way they planned. And um, it didn't turn out to be the great move that you always see with the Lakers in the center. Superman, who at that time was a dominating force in the game, um, when he got to L.A., it didn't go good. It went bad. And that's when all the problems in, in the organization started to shine. As I mentioned, it was clear Kobe was getting older. The ownership was in debacle. And it was a bad, it was just a, a bad thing during the the Dwight Howard era um, during those years there when he was here, which was a couple years. And sure enough, it fizzled out. He wasn't going to be one of the all-time greatest centers like Shaq, like Kareem. Um, and unfortunately, he uh, he left the game and it was kind of a bummer. But look what happened. The game goes on. The sport goes on. Superman didn't go sit on a couch and eat a bag of potato chips. He just went and flew that little Superman elsewhere and became bigger and stronger. And now that the team has reformed, it's a new era. It's not the center era anymore. And they came up with other big newer names like AD and, well, then they got the king. That Dwight comes back, and what a phenomenal story for Dwight Howard. He is on this team, he's a starter, he, he doesn't age, he looks younger than he did 10 years ago, and he's gonna get himself a championship. And what a what a twist. And these are one of those stories you're not gonna find on the, the front page of the sporting section. You're not even gonna find it on the back page. You're only gonna find it here on the sports comedy show because I see things like this. And to be able to have Dwight Howard come back after years of absence and to be a part of this team and to produce in a way, he didn't produce all the big numbers because you've got other players doing that. But his presence and Superman on the floor gave a dimension that's made this team that incredible. So for Dwight Howard to come here, Superman now, and come back and win a championship, I think that's a story worth talking about. Um, I'm so glad to see it, and I'm happy for him. Truly an incredible story for Dwight Howard, as he's going to finally get it. And uh, it looks like the biggest trade of a few years back is now finally paid off for the Lakers. What another story from the late show. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers on winning the next championship. You haven't won it yet, but... Let me say it again. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers for winning the championship in the 2020 in the bubble. Um, Miami, hang in there. Pat Riley, hang in there because you were the best story in the bubble. But unfortunately, you came up against something that was just too unstoppable. Maybe you can do something towards that next year. Lake Show, your 2020 championship, that will happen in the next day or two. Okay, guys, we're going to leave it there for now. That was kind of exciting to kind of cover. Um, As I mentioned, the next feature story, Operation It Was Only a Kiss, will be out later today. Make sure you check this one out, guys. I'm hoping it's going to be a game changer. Don't forget the website. I know you're all surfing the internet looking for something fun to check out here and there. Um, the baseball page the football page the blog I'm updating it regularly and I want to see you guys hit there and uh, don't be afraid to create an account and uh, reply to some of this funny stuff on the blog and uh, you know that's where we get a little participation here from the audience I'd love to see it all right I'll see you guys next time and have a good day